Mark chapter 4. And uh, I want to share with you just uh, briefly just on standing in the storms of life. Standing in the storms of life. How many know that storms come on us once in a while, but unexpected, eh? Uh, Richard, you've got to hear Richard's testimony. Richard had a factory fire. And man, he was brilliant how he stood. It's his testimony, so I'll let him share it. And have you shared it yet? So no, I'm not. You will soon, okay? Then that's great. You want to hear what he did? And he laughed in the face of the fire and prayed and saw God move to just restore, beyond restore, to cause him to go ahead. It's a fantastic testimony of someone who handled a storm well. I just love it. But every one of us faces storms of some kind. Storms, uh, sometimes we see them coming on the horizon. Sometimes you don't see them. They just blow up and they just come. And I want to just talk about some storm, a particular storm that Jesus' disciples faced. And uh, the, the, Holy, the Holy Spirit in the, in, the, in the Word of God separated out from everything that Jesus did just some things that we need to hear about. And so there's so many things that would fill, if you wrote them all down, it fill the books of the world. But so the ones we see here that are written, they really got something for us. So let's have a look. On the same day when evening had come, Jesus said, verse 35, let's cross over to the other side. And when they left the multitude, they took, along in their boat, uh, uh, they took him along in the boat as he was. No time to change, no time to get packed, hop in the boat and leave. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat in the boat, and it was already getting filled with water. And he was in the stern of the boat, asleep on a pillow. Isn't that wonderful, eh? That's Jesus. And he awoke them. Uh, they awoke him and said to him, Teacher! Don't you care? We're about to die. We're perishing. And he arose, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And then they said, and then he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? And they were even more fearful. They feared exceedingly and said, Who can this be? Even the wind and the sea obey him. Even the wind and the sea obey him. So you notice, this is a story of a storm and how to handle a storm. Every one of us faces storms in life. This particular storm was a dramatic storm. Jesus, notice what Jesus says at the beginning. He says, let's cross over to the other side. In other words, he had an assignment for them. Jesus had in mind a territory to be reached. Jesus had a vision of a whole region of people he wanted to reach with the gospel. So when he said, let's cross over, what he's really saying is, I don't want to just stay preaching to those who have already heard the Word of God. I want to go out to where people haven't heard the Word of God. There's a whole territory out there that I want to go to. And he said, let us cross over to the other side. And so this is a tremendous picture for us of God speaking about the need for us to break out of limitations, break out of comfort zones to bring the gospel to people who never heard Him. People need to hear about Jesus Christ. Only way they're ever going to hear is if we bring the good news to them. So notice that the, the, the mandate they have is to leave the comfort zone and go out to where people haven't heard the gospel. And so they had to leave the crowd behind. Uh, it's great to be gathering in meetings like this. We have a great time. You enjoy the presence of God. But there are people around you every day that have never heard about the kingdom of God. They've never heard about a Savior who loves them. They're wrestling with storms in their life, unable to know what to do. And we've got something that can help them. And it won't matter what stage you are in your journey, in your Christian life, you have something to help someone who doesn't know Christ. Even if it's a simple act of kindness opens the door. But you have to cross over. You've got to cross over the great gap between with my friends and being where people are who don't know Jesus. You've actually got to initiate it. 
Notice that Jesus said, you leave where you are and go to where they are. It's always like that. Often we think, well, we'd love to invite people to come. And it's great to have events to gather people to. They're great to do that. But really, the bottom line is God wants us to go where people are in need. I just so appreciated Thomas this morning, just his willingness to go to desperate people in need. I mean, that's a, to have a young man stepping out like that, to do something like that. He's never put any demand on anyone. He's making uh, a sacrificial, uh, he's worked sacrificially to do. This is a stunning, uh, this is a thing that is, is inspiring. And it's a great example. But the bottom line is he's going where people are. And we go out those doors to where people are. But you've got to intentionally leave the comfort zone. Notice they left the multitudes, left the crowd, left the place of comfort to go to where people are in need. You actually have to engage them. And in the engaging with unsafe people, there will be a clash of kingdoms. We have to just understand the reality of that. And in this particular passage and the next one that follows, there are two clashes that take place. In other words, Jesus has given the disciples an assignment, but always with the assignments of God, there will come a spiritual conflict. It is inevitable. If you are walking into what God has for you, you will face a clash between the kingdom you represent and the kingdom of darkness. It will not yield its captives readily. It's something we have to bear. A lot of Christians aren't aware that around the issue of reaching souls, there is a spiritual conflict, and it requires we overcome some of the things that arise against us. And I want to help you understand some things that arise against us, some storms that arise against us, and what to do. But always, it costs you something. Always it costs you something. Let's have a look at the story there. And it says, a great windstorm arose. That word storm, is, it's, not, it's hard to, that word great is mega. It's a mega storm. Now, have you ever been out in the boat in a mega storm? It's horrendous. The word storm there indicates there were great furious thunder clouds. There were driving blasts and gusts. And then there's this torrential rain. That's what it describes. When you read this, it's go, oh, there it is, in a great windstorm. No, no, no. They were in a life-threatening thing. This thing rose up out of nowhere and threatens to sink the boat before they've even got there. And so the storm came up. Now, I want you to understand there's a whole number of storms that we can face in life. I want to identify for you four different kinds of storms. When you face a storm, Usually what happens is it affects your thought life, it affects your emotions, it affects your decisions. You feel like your life is a little bit out of control because you're in the middle of a storm. How many understand what that's like? There's all kinds of storms. You can have a financial storm and suddenly there's this dramatic pressure, things look black and cloudy, the rain is on you, you look like the boat is sinking. That's a financial storm. You can have a storm in your marriage. It looks exactly like that in your marriage. It can be black and cloudy, and the winds are beating, and you're feeling very distressed and thinking, I'm sinking very quickly. Now, there can be storms in the family, especially if you have teenagers. You can have dramatic storms arise suddenly overnight. Out of nowhere, they just suddenly turn up, and there's a crisis call, and then you have to leave home and go down to the police station, or leave home and pick someone up from someplace, or you leave home and you've got to sort out some crisis. Anyone who's had teenagers knows there's a whole number of storms come during that period of life. How many understand what I'm talking about here? There we are, everyone. That's right. Be nice if you knew what to do in those storms, wouldn't it? <laughs> Okay, so there's a, there's a couple of storms, the different kinds of storms. So when a storm comes, you're in turmoil. Now, there's four different kinds of storms. There may be others. There's four that I'm aware of, four that I've, I've, I've had gone through every one of these storms. 
and uh, so I can I know a little bit about storms. Here's the first one. The first storm was the storm of your own making. The storm of your own making. In other words, you bought it on yourself. Now, that, that is a storm. For example, let me just give a simple example. If you spend more than you have coming in, a financial storm is about to arise. It's only a matter of how long. And then it arises. And then it's complaining, oh, the devil's attacking me. My finances are down. Oh, God's not coming through. Now, listen, you goofed up. It's just as simple as that. You just goofed up and mismanaged, and now you're reaping what you sowed. That's as simple like that. And so a, a storm of our own making means there's stuff we did, and now we're getting the consequences of it, or there's stuff we didn't do, and now we're getting the consequences of it. So husbands, if you neglect to love your wives, I was just talking to a guy recently, and uh, I remember trying to help him out a little while ago, and now he's a very, very lonely person, and his marriage is broken up, his wife's left him, and I said, did you learn anything from it? He said, yes, I did. He said, I realized I neglected her. I didn't want to say, we came and talked to you about that. It just wouldn't be appropriate in the middle of a storm. People are really needing help not to sink. They don't need to help us how they got there. But the thing was that he was reaping the consequences. Now, the, the problem with this is that you don't always see the connection between your actions and the current storm. Sometimes there's a bit of time takes place before finally you start to reap the consequences of your actions and you're in a storm, whether it be in your marriage, in your family, in your finances, in your personal life, in your work life, and actually it's the result of neglect or the result of poor choices. Now, one of the hardest things is to connect that. If you go to someone, and, like a pastor and they, or a leader, and they talk with you, they'll ask you the questions and help you link the storm you're facing now to what you actually did or didn't do. That's one of the things of having someone external helping you in the middle of a storm. And some, I've, my observation over many years is often in the middle of a storm, you can't see one thing from another. You're just fearful and you want to survive, and you can't connect where you failed with what you're experiencing. And sometimes we just need someone to help us in that. So the key, the key questions uh, to think about then, what has been my contribution to the storm? Has there been any contribution by me to the storm? Now, the financial one's an obvious one. If there's more coming in than going out, more coming out than going in, then you've absolutely been messing up. You've actually made some j bad judgment calls. And you have, you're going to have to not just pray about it and blame the devil on it. you actually got to own and take full responsibility. You only have power over the storm if you own responsibility. And so the first question then you ask is, what's my part in this? And then the key response is, will you acknowledge and repent and make the practical changes? So some storms, they're not really spiritual. Demons will use them to torment and trouble and harass you, but they're basically not a demonic storm. They're just a storm of consequences. How many have had one of those? Please, Probably that's the one that brought you to Christ. <laughs> I think of the one that got me to Christ. Yeah, it was a storm and it was horrendous. And in the end, I came to the Lord. There was nowhere else to go. How many knew there was nowhere else to go? That's why you came to the Lord. Well, that's good and honest. That's where most people are. So you'll find people are in a storm. A lot of people you meet uh, in life, their problems, yes, there's demons around it. Yes, there's kind of issues around it. But the core of it is they're messing up. There's sin, there's, there's, there's irresponsibility. And that's why they got the problem. Many marriages break down because of neglect, not because of actually consciously doing bad things. They just neglected the marriage over so many years. In the end, there's nothing left. Just ran out when the kids left home. So second kind of storm then is a God-directed storm, a God-directed storm. 
And uh, this one here, you can't pray your way out of it. You can't work your way out of it. You can't repent your way out of it. You just can't get out of the storm because God's the one who blew the thing in the first place. So that's a, those are the, that's a challenging storm. Other storm, we like to feel we have the power to make things happen, but sometimes we can't. So a classic example of that is Jonah 1.4, where Jonah had been told by the Lord, go and preach the gospel in Nineveh. And he said, I don't like them. In fact, actually, I despise them, and I'm not going. And he got on a boat, went the other way, and he went a long way the other way. That's, that's kind of the condition of love of the church. God say, go reach the preach the gospel. I don't want to. I don't want to. It's inconvenient. People are not nice to me. It costs my time and my money. I, it, I don't think I want to. I think I'll get on a boat and go somewhere nice. It'd be lovely to go somewhere nice. And so, so that kind of storm, it says, the Lord caused a great wind to blow. So it's definitely true in the Bible that sometimes the winds that people have in their life are, God, are the winds God causes. So the worst part of it is, is this, is everyone around you gets caught up in your storm. You, you, I mean, we're meant to advance the kingdom and bring peace and blessing. That's the righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Isn't that right? That's what should be flowing out of our lives. So your people at your work say, it's great to have you working for us. We see things are right. There's peace, there's joy. It's a great place. To ha it's great we've got you here. Instead of that, they're all in turmoil because you're in turmoil because you're totally missing it in God. I think of the marriages where the wife and family are in turmoil. The man's not doing what God said, just deliberately on a boat somewhere else. Well, that storm comes into that boat. Think about that. So some storms, God lets happen. And it's some happen for purpose. It's actually to realign us with kingdom. It's just to realign us with his kingdom. It's to get you realigned so you don't go off track any further. I mean, I wonder how many of us here are going exactly 180 degrees away from where God wanted. You can be sitting in church and still going 180 degrees away from where God wants you to go, you know. And praise the Lord. But I'm going this way. And so we come in and worship the Lord. Oh, oh, oh praise the Lord. And, and, but I'm going this way. And God said, but I want you going over here. Why aren't you going? Why aren't you doing this? And we say, ah, oh, the worship wasn't very good today. No, of course it wasn't good today. There's a storm blowing at you. And God's blowing the storm around you. You know, and the reason he's blowing around you is because you're not in the right place in your heart. And God is helping you because he loves you to sort something out. So that kind of, uh, uh, that kind of storm is to bring you to surrender. It's to bring you to surrender, to bring you to the cross where you stop fighting God anymore and say, God, I'm yielding and letting go. Usually people are in the belly of the whale before they actually cry out the prayer. When at last the big fish closes in over you and you're swallowed going down into darkness, oh, how your praying changes. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> God, help, I'm really sorry. You know, as that fish is opening up and you're swimming as fast as you can, it's following you. You know, you do change. The prayers get quite different. They're not sort of long, complicated prayers. It's just a, <laughs> I'm about to go into the belly of the whale or the fish. Swallow me up and there it is, slime and the last thing he prayed. It was a great prayer he prayed because it brought him into resurrection. When he let go, and he surrendered and acknowledged the goodness of God, the bigness of God, and surrendered to God, it got him into resurrection. Because the fish, fish got a bellyache and chundered him out. 
Oh, my God, can you just imagine? Now, I don't know, this is not good to fight against God. You realize that. You don't want to end up being vomited up by some fish up on a beach covered in slime and seaweed. It's not a really nice place to be. It's where a lot of Christians get to somehow. But at least if they come around and say yes to God, well, things can only look better after that. So I wonder if God has been speaking in any area of your life and the storm you're facing is just because God is wanting you to yield. Even Jesus faced his own storms. You think in, the, in, in Matthew 26 in the Garden of Gethsemane, he faced a storm. Now, you see, the storm he faced was the cross, but it brought a storm in his emotion. Imagine if you think, if you know, if you knew that in 24 hours of walking out that door, you would face the most horrendous death. You've probably heard and seen of others, and the terrible slow death, and then you know you're going to face that. What would you feel? And the Bible says he was extremely sorrowful. But he didn't isolate. He gathered key friends around and he asked them to pray with them and stand with them through the difficulty he was facing. One of the things that people tend to do in a storm is isolate. And when you isolate, you're going to go down under a tree in depression wanting to die like Elijah did. Isolation is not the answer. Connection is. And then in the connection, he asked his friends, even though they weren't able to solve his his problem or change the circumstances, he just shared his heart with them and gathered them in to stand with them in prayer. He said, pray with me an hour. And he shared his heart with them. It's a, it takes great courage and humility when you're going through the face of a storm and things are very, very difficult to just share your heart with people and say, could you stand with me in prayer? You're not asking them to solve it, try and pray and fix it, prophesy some great thing. You're just asking them, I just want you to stand with me in agreement. That's a godly thing to do. No one should be alone. We should all be part of the body and build connections where in the, when the pressure's on, you've got someone you can talk to and say, can you pray with me? I really need prayer right now. And then Jesus personally worked through and wrestled through to the place of surrender to the will of God. Father, not my will, your will be done. That's, that's a huge challenge going through those kinds of surrenders. And so those, are, but, but don't think he didn't have a storm in his emotions. It was a, a major storm and it was, the storm was about surrendering to what God wanted when his flesh didn't want to do it. You may come across that, uh, you know, in marriage. It can come across in family. There's every area of our life we can face those kind of pressures, and it's about will you align with God or not. You know, when you're going through financial pressure and someone talks to you about realigning your finances, that can be a terrible storm, and it takes huge courage to break through and yield and put your finances in God's hand and then walk through the practical process of, of budgeting and managing and debt repayment and getting yourself back on top again. Isn't that true? Here's another one. Here's another one. There's some, just some natural storms that come in life. Now, I hadn't thought about this. So I was thinking about it as I was praying. There are just some situations come. God didn't arrange it. The devil didn't arrange it. And you didn't do anything wrong. It's just because we live in a sinful world. Like there's landslides happen. There's storms happen. There's earthquakes happen. These are, there's things that happen. People do stuff. There's, you drive down the road and someone crosses the, the line and there's an accident. It, just, it doesn't mean that the devil made it all happen or that God was trying to get your attention and punish you. It was just we live in a fallen world. In a fallen world, stuff happens. People are, are born with chromosome, chrome, chrome, uh, DNA issues. Uh, and, and it's a tragedy, and the parents grieve, where's God in this, where's it? And they go through all this whole thing. Sometimes it's just we're living in a sinful and a fallen world, 
and God calls us, it says in Romans 8, the whole world groans because of its travail and its problems. So the whole world is in this kind of a, you can see it sometimes I think in the weather patterns and the, and the upheavals that are going on. The whole world is groaning because of sin in the world. And so we're in that world, it's not heaven, but we are called to bring heaven into the earth. So some storms are just because there's stuff going on. And there are many, many people face storms in life. And one of the key things, if it's a God-directed storm, is what's God trying to say to me and, and, and will I surrender? But if it's a, a natural storm of life, then the kind of question you have to ask is this, how should I respond to this? See, sometimes there's no use blaming people, no use blaming yourself, no use blaming God or blaming the devil. Just what do I need to do to walk through the storm? How do I walk through the storm? And then second, release grace into it, not judgment. Because most people get offended and want someone to blame when they're in a storm, rather than saying, God, how should I respond? How can I bring grace, the goodness of God, the life of God into this situation? I've got to come to the Lord and say, God, just give me the grace to stand in the middle of it. The Bible says, by faith and endurance, we inherit promises of God. You know, be followers of those who by faith and patience receive the promises of God. Sometimes it's just like that. You've just got to learn how to stand and learn how to bring the grace of God into a difficult circumstance. Now, that's part of being a kingdom person. So a lot of people just look around and they complain, but we don't do that. We look around and complain. We're the sons of God, the sons of light. We find a way that we can bring goodness into it, overcoming evil with good, blessing where we're being cursed, starting to engage in reconciliation or restoration of relationship. So think about that. The storm you're going through, may no one may need to blame. It's just something to grow you. And here's the last one. This is the one I want to pick up here because this is the one this story is about. And there can be some storms which are just straight out demonic. In this situation, Jesus faced two demonic storms, one after the other. The first was in his natural circumstances, the wind and waves that were going to sink the boat. Second was he met a totally demonized man who became a life-threatening danger to them because of his supernatural strength. One was circumstances, the other was a person. And in our life, we may face some circumstances which are demonically empowered, some people which are demonically empowered, but all have the same effect. They tend to intimidate and cause you to feel like you're sinking and can't handle it. And I want you to see what Jesus did. He did the same in both situations. Let's have a look what he did in this one here because a great key to what to do in this situation. If it's a demonic situation, here's the core question. What is the source of this storm? Is it God? Is it me? Is it uh, reaping something? Is it uh, just a natural storm of life? Or is it a demonic storm? If it's a demonic storm, God will give you some indication of it. Now, whenever I go overseas, I have demonic storms. I have them before I go. I have them when I'm there. Even the people I go to have them. They, they constantly can't get over the problems they have. Power failures, equipment failures, difficulties, setbacks of all kinds, miscommunications. It's just normal, just little stuff. And uh, sometimes it's bigger, but not often. And notice now how they respond. And, and Jesus models for us how you respond when there's a spiritual pressure comes on you, your emotions and your mind and your body or spirit are in turmoil. This is the first thing they did. This is what they did. They had a panic attack. They had a panic attack, and then they went to Jesus, and they literally, they just complained, you don't seem to care about us. You seem to be totally not concerned about this terrible issue um, we're facing. Can't you see? Our boat's about to, to sink. See, they're getting quite angry because Jesus is totally unconcerned. Now, this is why Jesus is unconcerned. He's on a kingdom assignment, and he knows absolutely he will arrive there, and he will deal with the thing, and he'll finish his assignment. His life cannot be ended before his assignment is finished. 
Your, your life can't be ended before your assignment is finished unless you do something goofy on the way. And so, but in the midst of the storm, the tendency they had was to one, be filled with fear, and that magnifies the emotions and all the situation out of control, out of perspective. Second, they got angry and upset. Third, they started to find they wanted to blame Jesus and, and accused him of not caring about them. This is ridiculous. His idea to get in the boat in the first place. His idea to lead them over there. He had, a, he had a harvest in mind, but there were unexpected demonic resistance on the way to harvest. Every one of us who, intends, who intentionally reaches people will find demonic storms of difficulty and pressure will come. You've just got to tough up and learn what to do in it. It's very simple. This is what Jesus They woke him up. This is what Jesus said. He arose. Don't lie down. Don't go down in your prayer life. Don't go down into self-pity and depression. Rise in your spirit. Start to begin to pray and let your spirit rise up again. You have to stand up. When I come into worship service, I'm interested not in what the musicians are doing because they, they work hard and they pray and they prepare well and everything. I'm interested in what the church is doing in its spirit. Whether we're standing up to worship God on the inside, whether it's only on the outside. Whether our spirit is bowed under sadness and heaviness and difficulty or oppression, or whether we've risen inside by conscious choice. You see, you don't have to keep praying for God to pour His Spirit out. He's already poured His Spirit out. What you need to do is remember that truth and arise into it again. You see, when storms come, they flood your soul. They affect the mind, the thoughts, the emotions. And this, if, if the enemy can get management of that so you're not managing it properly, down you go, your spirit shut down, then there's disengagement from the kingdom. The only answer to demonic storms is engaging in the kingdom. It's the only way. Because you actually have to demonstrate your determination and authority to beat the spirits behind it. And to do that, you have to arise. Number one. Second, you have to speak into it. From arising into the presence of God, arising into his throne room, arising and standing before him, then see it from his perspective. It's just a few demons hassling you. Speak and command them to shut down. Speak and direct them to be quiet. Speak and command them to depart. In other words, speak over the circumstances and direct how they ought to be, rather than let the demons manipulate them. One place you could start doing, you'll find this interesting if you start doing this. Get up every day, and then get up and rise in your spirit with gratitude to the Lord, because gratitude is vital for maintaining your relationship. Start to thank Him for all the blessings. Allow your spirit to rise and come into His presence. Then begin to speak and command your day to align with the kingdom of God and align with God's will. You start to command your day to align, oh my, you'll start to engage a few things that are pushing against you through the day. You'd be surprised when you start to command each and every part of your day to align with God's will. I speak to every spirit assigned against me today to block and distract or to frustrate. I take dominion over you. Be quiet and silent today. You start to order your day. It'd be quite interesting. The first two or three days, you'll start to find yourself entering into some awareness of the spirit world. Then after that, your life will start to become smoother. Things will start to come into order. You see, storms come to every person who's determined to carry the gospel. Why would we think we're any different? And why would we lie down when some demon says, boo? 
when we have a command from heaven to go? Why would we allow ourselves to be overcome by rejection and self-pity and defeat and fear when we have a mandate from heaven to advance the kingdom? I tell you what, it brings shame to the gospel. It brings shame to the kingdom we're called to represent. Because I've been to enough nations now, I've been to places where people die for their faith. There are more people dying for their faith today than ever happened in the New Testament church on a per capita basis. The numbers of people dying today in the world, this century, exceeds what happened in the New Testament church persecution. Globally, there are challenges to the gospel. And I tell you what amazes me is people standing up and refusing to be intimidated and saying, God, we will carry the gospel. We will represent you. We will bring your word to those who don't know. In New Zealand, our opposition is not so uh, direct. In Pakistan, uh, it's quite direct. You, you know, it could be just someone with a gun or a bomb and you're done. You know, just like that. But here, it's more subtle. It's like it just saps away your strength a little day by day until you become weak inside and just no energy and full of apathy. That's what comes against us. We're going to fight that. Speak against it. Today, every demon of apathy, indifference, passivity, you're defeated before me. I'll arise in the strength of God today. Come on, church. We need to determine we're going to do that. In turn, we're going to do that. Arise in the strength of the Lord. Be passionate about making Christ known. Hallelujah. Why don't we close our eyes right now? I want to just in this last moment or two, is there any person here who doesn't know Jesus? What a great day to come to give your heart to Jesus. If you'd like to raise your hand, I'd love to pray with you. Love to pray with you. If you don't know Jesus Christ, becoming a Christian is about putting your life in Jesus' hands. It's about trusting him to break the power of sin. He's the one who makes the change in your life. You don't have to try anymore. You just walk with him. So today, Jesus offers you salvation. Is there anyone ready to receive? I'd love you to raise your hand. I'd love to pray with you and lead you to Christ. Anyone here today? Anyone here at all? Just raise your hand. Anyone needing to return to Christ today? Anyone needing to return? Just raise your hand. Let me just see your hand so we can stand with you in agreement. Is there anyone here today? How many people are facing a storm and today you know God spoke to you, you need to do something? How many face a storm? Facing a storm? One, two, three, four. Oh, there's a whole heap over there. That's good, honest people. That's great. Right, those who are facing storms, why don't you stand right now? We want to pray for the power of God to come around your life. You don't have to face a storm alone. Storms can be in marriage, family, finance, every part of our life. Spiritual storms, relational storms, whatever. Here's the thing. You're not alone. God says, I'm with you. Two, there's other people in the body are with you, even if you don't realize it. Three, three, if you'll pray, God will help you. Show you what to do. I pray for a brother over there. His dad just died this week. Bill Streeton gave his heart to the Lord. He just died this week. Great to just gather and just to pray. Uh, come on, church. Why don't we just gather around those who are here now? Just lay hands on them and pray. Come on, let's just gather around. Ask what the need is. Ask what the area is. Let's gather around and pray. Father, we just thank you today for your mighty power to help us through the storms of life. We thank you, Jesus. Your word says, though I walk through the waters, they'll not overwhelm me. Though I go through the fire, it'll not consume me. But you are with me. You will hold me. You'll help me. You'll hold my hand. I thank you, Lord, today. Today we release strength and encouragement. We stand against every oppressing, depressing spirit. In Jesus' name, 
We command you to release your hold over the body of Christ. We command you to release your hold over members in this church. We command you to release your hold. Father, we pray great grace will come upon each one here today.